We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Samus Fendiari back again. What is going on in the background? You guys hear that? It's getting wild over here in the uh, Hayes Valley area of San Francisco. <laughs> I, I think they're looking for the Warriors after what happened last night. So, um, Ooh, the sound effects. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> planned, huh? <laughs> uh, Jay, we're going to give Jay credit for that, though. So, so uh, <laughs> But we're at episode one. What are we on? What is this one? 40. Should have never traded number 40, Harry B. You know, they, they, they had to get this prima donna. You know, now we have no rim protection. Can't beat anyone. Can't play defense. Uh, it's a mess. Not Tra- enough people sacrificing. See, this is an emergency pod. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet this with as many emergency sarad emojis as as possibly allowed. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, real quick, uh, I want to go down Harry V memory lane though, because you know it's kind of sad that the Warriors have totally forgot about him. You know, he did win a title with the team and he was he was crucial and the guy is just totally forgotten i know that we got to talk about the warriors losing and stuff but man he's had some good times i my favorite memory of him was um was just uh that dunk that he <laughs> that he had i was in the building for that dunk and and it was just one of those moments where he dunked over pekovic where he was still young then it was like his first or second year it was you thought because he could he oh, just that jumped, was and yeah jumped again you know, it's one of those things where you're like, and then he went to the dunk contest and did a layup. Yeah, <laughs> let's not let's not talk about that. But you know, yeah, you man, know what his his some... problem is basically that he the game's too fast for him. It's this simple for me. If he could make just some re- if he could make reads like Rudy Gay, 
he would be a pretty good player and I'd be fine with him on the team. But the fact that you can't trust him to make a single decision on ball, like he gets the ball and he's either turning it over or he's putting up a shot, you know, like he averages like one assist a game and assists don't really mean anything in in the sense of like, you know, certain guys average 10 a game, but are selfish. Shout out John wall. Uh, but um, he just like the game moves too fast to him. And that was always his problem. Yeah, hey, all right, that's too depressing. Okay, he was what he was the power forward in that death lineup. I mean, hey, let's be real, right? That that death lineup was better, I think, statistically than you know anything that KD has ever done with the Warriors in the last two years. You know, mainly because that team was just you know they Iguodala and Draymond shot better, but man, man, that death lineup like they were literally unstoppable, and teams weren't ready for that. That was man, that was really fun. So I just want to kind of note that and shout out Harry B because you know he he's kind of lost now in Dallas and you know he's got a max contract, so you know can't be that bad. Yeah, I mean he's living. He's living with no state tax, making twenty five a year. He'll be good. <laughs> we got to we got to get to the fun stuff though. Yeah. Um, are the Warriors in trouble? <laughs> I have I have a I have a quick rant. Um, I've I've been waiting for this one after um, last night's game because I had people blowing up the phone. You were at the game. I'm sure you did too. They're all stressed out and stuff. Some aren't, but I'm not. I think you're going to take a different stance. But I'm really annoyed by the fact that people are taking into account these last few weeks and not looking at any type of context in terms of not just this season, but for like the past four years, right? The last four or five years. And all they're worried about, and this isn't anyone else. This isn't like Cavs fans or OKC's fans. They can do whatever they want. I'm not like, if I were them, I would be celebrating too, right? Why not? But we have Warriors fans literally that are on my timeline and in real life legitimately saying like, hey, we got to trade picks. We got to like do this. We got to add stuff. Like I'm willing to throw away a first round pick and a call, right? Just to get like three months of a guy that may or may not even fit in in the first place, right? It could just be another guy that doesn't play defense. Like they're willing to do all of that because of three bad games or three, you know, semi mediocre I, b- I believe this is, this is what happens when you're spoiled. Right. No, but, but here's the thing to me, it's, it's more than that. It's that they're used or we're used to sucking so much that when you see something good, we immediately turn into immigrant parents. And all we fucking want to do is push (laughs) these guys to a point and say, Hey, like you got to be perfect. You got to be perfect. Like these guys have been playing these many games that hard for three years. Like, listen, like if you and I are in a math class and we know we're going to get an A because the final counts for 80% of the grade, why the hell are we going to try hard? And because we're Persian and Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing. Like I don't, I, anyway, that's, I don't want to keep saying the same stuff over and over again. Anyway, it just annoys me because to me, it just feels like this team is tired. And let them let them be. It's can, a bad it's, couple of weeks. It's it's Twitter. I mean, there's no such thing as nuance on there. I mean, we we were. I was texting you last night, and you know, past my bedtime at. That's true. Um, it was it was a little late for you. And there were. Um, it was just it was just hilarious. Like, I was I was looking. And I was like, wait. So if I don't comment on the game, people are gonna wonder why I'm not. But if I do anything, I say is going to be taken and pulled out of context. And it's like, and I got like 11,000 followers. I can't imagine having like a million followers like Bill Simmons or something like that. It's like, you just realize why people with huge followings like that just do not care because there's just (laughs) going to be some miserable 
things going on in your mentions, just <laughs> looking to set you off at all times. But um, no, you're right. Uh, on the Warriors, they they set the record for most wins in a three year period in the entire history of the league. Like everyone, you hear these ex players saying like the Warriors aren't that great, but no team in their any of their eras won as much as the Warriors have the last three years. Not the Showtime Lakers, not Bird Celtics, not Russell Celtics, not Jordan's Bulls. Like name, <laughs> the, 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 none of them won them, and they won at insane clips. But none of them won at the pace of basically seventy wins a year, and that's what the Warriors did for three years in a row. It didn't matter at all, you know, like who was healthy, any of that. It was just basically they won seven out of every eight. I went and looked back. Like those Showtime Lakers won 65 games, maybe twice, but definitely once. Uh, and they won over 60 games, you know, a handful of years. And then they won in the high 50s, a handful of years. And that's a team that went to the finals nine years in a nine, nine out of 11 years, you know? Like that just puts into perspective like Warriors fans are freaking out that their team's probably going to win 63 games. <laughs> So just to get that out of the way, yeah, it's like the Warriors have, are finally starting to kind of deal with what what other great teams deal normal, with, which is like, shit, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Now, now let's actually get to the game because I thought it was a a, a little bit of a, I thought it was an interesting game for sure. Um, first off, I have to throw this out there: Kerr putting McCaw and Looney in the first quarter. I mean, I don't think we'll see them against OKC again, really, because uh, they, they just rendered themselves like I didn't mind Kerr playing it. But like the minute they got in there, Russ would just got to the rim whenever he wanted. Um, and he clearly showed that, like, OK, this isn't the spot for them. Yeah, that was one of the things where you remember the Christmas game when uh, Jordan Bell started and he really played a majority of the game and he switched out on LeBron and, and pretty much everyone else uh, that the Cavs had. Like, I think that Kerr was trying some facsimile of that, but it was Looney and it was McCall. McCall, who's completely And, and quite frankly, I don't mind him playing Looney because Looney and West have been the two best bigs. Like, yeah, but... Give Looney, and Looney played well against the Rockets. So, like, you got to give him just a... You no, no, that, you want to test it out. That's what he was trying to do. It just didn't work, right? And yeah. and but with McCaw, actually, I don't actually assign that much blame to Kerr. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. I don't. I'm fine with the way he's running this thing, um, playing these guys minutes, and still not. And he's not putting Steph KD. He's not playing overplaying Igadala because he's like, uh, right. hey, just figure it out, right? He's not. He's just saying it's still. You know, midway through the season, we're not even at All Star break. Why should I panic and say? allow these guys to do what they want just so they can get back in rhythm, right? He's saying that we've been winning. Why not just do what we've been doing? You guys need to pick it up. I'm fine with that personally, mainly because um, if you're going to develop bad habits in in getting back into rhythm, that's going to show later on in the season. He doesn't want that to happen. And again, he's the guy that has experience doing this. Like he's done it in Chicago before as a player, right? Nobody else has on this team, right? Nobody I- knows what's going on. And I do think he, he he constantly harps back to the habits thing because he that's been his kind of – he blamed 16 on habits, essentially. He's like, you guys had all these bad habits when you won 73 games, but it didn't matter because every time a game got in trouble, Steph made every shot from everywhere mm-hmm. on the floor. And then Steph gets hurt, and they need to like fall back on – 
good habits and they just weren't there. You know, it showed with the dream on suspension, you know, getting too emotional. It showed with, you know, guys not knowing how to cut and pass and stuff against certain defenses. So I do think Kerr's, Kerr's stubbornness on this is, is needed because these guys are too talented. Like, like Kerr, Kerr said it today. We've had the, in Kerr's words, we've had the 25th ranked defense since Christmas and we've been 13 and five in that span. Like 25th is not going to cut it, but mm. it doesn't matter. Like we're, we, we still won over two, you know, two thirds of our games just purely off town. No, I will say this though. Um, I think Marcus had a piece today um, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with, I think a lot of the guys have been harping on this. Teams are catching up, right? The Warriors are still favored. However, I think at a certain point, Kerr has got to switch up like not switch up his entire system, but start to use different things like more pick and rolls, more of an isolation offense, something like that to get these guys rhythm. Cause I think these guys are running it to the point where after three, four years, it's saying they're saying, Hey, if it doesn't work, we know it's not really going to work. We're really not going to run it with force anymore. Um, what's the point. So I think he does have to switch up uh, a little bit of that offense in terms of just getting guys rhythm. Like Steph, so the problem with Steph is he'll do whatever you tell him. But he'll do that to an extreme to the point where he'll take himself out the game. So I, I'm thinking like Kerr has to figure out some type of way to just make these guys more aggressive in the start of the game. But the other thing is, I mean, these guys are coming in and they're like, hey, we'll wait till the third to get going. And sometimes against a th- team like the Thunder, down by 20 and you can't come back, down 20 against the Thunder, right? So, um, but yeah, I think Kerr does have to make some type of variation with that offense, though. He can't just keep doing the same thing. Um, over and over because you know people change boston okc you know uh not cleveland but uh, teams are gonna get there and they're gonna be able to defend these guys and if you have steph and kd on the floor with three guys that don't want to touch the ball mccall looney and Nigadala. well so i think that's that's part of it that's the thing like draymond struggled with his shooting um andre and the bench like i mean they just don't want to shoot the ball at all and I don't know what Kerr can really do to get them going. Like moving the ball is probably the best way to get them going because it's only going to get worse if you just run pick and roll and ask Andre to stand in the corner, right? <laughs> but they're they're not responding to it. I mean the, the the only the biggest glaring issue I'm seeing is is defense and turnovers. And I mean anyone can tell you that, but the defense thing would honestly fix majority of it because they're at their best yep. when they're turning defense into offense, get out and transition. You know, all of a sudden you don't have to worry about Draymond or, or, or Andre in the half court being shooting threats. Cause they'll get dunks and layups. Um, and you know, that's not happening. They're, they're just uninterested in defending. I think the fix is just to to split up the top two guys on the team because right now you're talking about Clay Thompson and Draymond off the bench. Um, in those units, they just can't score. Like Draymond just doesn't have it, and Clay is a guy that I've always said. This is why I don't I don't agree with saying he would drop 25 points as a number one option. He just doesn't have the dribble, um, and he and and basically they're just praying. They're like saying, "Hey, like somebody, please break." I, I think he would pretty clearly average over twenty-five a game if he had his own team. Like, right. yeah, he would struggle against the top five to eight teams. But let's look at the schedule. You know, right, right. They, okay, they play Dallas on. They play Dallas on Thursday. They play Phoenix. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams that he's going to get shots any shot he wants at all times. Well, I, I, I don't know, but I don't know. But, I, but, I, I mean, I, my thing is, if Clay's your best player, you're probably a first round out at best. 
Okay, but I'm I'm saying from a second, so it's from a scoring perspective off the bench, right? You're not going to get anything from teams included in the playoffs. Like, regardless of who it is, they're just going to say, hey, stick with him, don't leave him. If you have some type of semi-competent defender, he's almost, I wouldn't say erased, but you can definitely keep track of him if he's the only option. Then, I mean, the only thing you have left to do is to just play KD more minutes. I mean, and don't do that. But it's just you don't want to do that in the regular season, and that's why it's so ugly. Because why the hell would you play so these I, guys I sort of 38, dis- 39 I, minutes? I still kind of disagree with you with the Clay and Goon lineup. It's obviously not as good as Steph, Steph with all the goons. But if you have Andre, Draymond, Livingston, or McCaw actually defending their asses off, and you got David West in there, you can push mm-hmm. it in transition and get clay shots. And if you're not getting those shots, you can work it through David West or something, you know? So I, it, it all comes back to the same point. The Warriors roster is filled with top-level defenders who are not defending, and they're just not good enough to be impact players if they're not playing great defense. Like, Andre Godal is not good enough to be an impact player if he's not playing his A-game defensively. Same for Draymond. Um, and that's what it comes down to. It's like it's like saying, it's it's like saying, well, Steph can't, you know, his his arm hurts, so he can't shoot outside jumpers. Like he's just not going to be as effective, right? It's like you're taking away the best part of their game. So it, it really does all come back to defense with with those with making those lineups work. I think. Yeah, I mean, or they can just do both. They can just have them play better defense and just play KD more. I mean that. I mean that's my thing is it's going to happen regardless. So who? Like, I don't understand the worry. It's just like they're going to play these guys more. Um, they're going to bring KD off the bench one minute or two minutes into the second quarter, and they'll be fine. Like, they're not going to do that in the regular season because that's just stupid. Like, this is how DeMarcus Cousins and Porzingis tear knees is because they're playing 38, 40 minutes, and they're seven feet tall and, like, 280 pounds. Like, that's how you get hurt, right? And the and, and that and you look at the Warriors, uh, the amount of games that they've played, you would get hurt. Like, would you rather win these meaningless games against OKC and get hurt in March? Or would you rather take some L's and and just say, hey, we look we look bad, but we're going to be healthy. Yeah, it's, it's, the the Spurs, it's a Spurs thing. It's like, you know, hey, you, They're you're, learning. you're going to play 32 minutes. If you don't make an impact in those 32 minutes, oh, well. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to let you just, yeah. I'm not going to let you pull the Harden where you, you just kind of coast and then, you know, turn it on for the last six minutes, but I have to keep you out there for 40 minutes to get there. Like they're, they're <laughs> just not going to let him do that. And quite frankly, um, beyond all the minutes they've played, I, I'm not sure Steph physically has it in him to play 40, you know, 38 to 40 minutes a night. 100 games not for a season exactly yeah i mean it's just it's it's not a good idea so (laughs) it's not a good it's not a good idea for anyone in the league besides lebron right that's the only person that can do it that is still healthy somehow like shout out modern medicine shout out roids like i mean harden harden has two but harden's base he's got a pretty similar physical build to lebron just like three four inches shorter but yeah i mean like that it's few and far between guys who can do that on a consistent basis and even then you're still running a risk and the thing is with the spurs they do it and then the the reason why they haven't won as many well they've won but the reason why they lost quite a few is because they don't have that top level switch we know that the warriors do so given the fact that you know that you know draymond can defend you're going to bring this in but draymond defended like hell last night kd and steph can turn it up 
Like with that, with that, you know they can get to that. What's the point of you know taking these series? Like after the game yesterday, uh, guys left the locker room early, but they weren't worried. Like Steph, KD. I honestly, game, I honestly stressed. saw them as annoyed that people asked them if they were worried. <laughs> like they, they, they seemed Steph. Steph specifically came across as he seemed annoyed that people like do not trust him. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, we still have we have the best record in the NBA, and you're asking me if I'm worried. Like, no one would ask LeBron this if they lost two in a row but had the best record in the NBA, you know. And like, obviously, LeBron's done it for you know a decade plus, so I get that. But I I do think there is a level of annoyance among the lawyers, like. We've had the best record three years running. We still have the best record in the NBA. Like, what are you worried about that we have played poorly for like a week and a half? Yeah, and he was weirdly dismissive of Russ's game, I think, and it, it clued into how the Warriors feel about Russ because they asked him uh, after the game, like, hey, like, blah, 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 like, how'd you feel about Westbrook? Why would you want you guys stop him? And he basically said, look, like, that's the type of one-man show that we're comfortable, we, we being the Warriors, are comfortable with, right? That's the type of thing where we'll let him get him, but if we can defend everyone else, we're fine. Like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. And they didn't do that last night. And but. so let me let me just say this for Russ. Russ was 13 of 26 last night, 33 points, efficient night. He was five for six with 15 points in the four minute span that they subbed Draymond out and played McCaw and Looney. So what we're really talking about is he he took 18 shots to score his other 18 points. The rest of the game, he basically just went off for the four to five minutes that the Warriors put McCaw on him and had Looney guarding the pick and roll. And I'm not saying he didn't play a really good game overall, but they will live with him making some jumpers and generally, you know, forcing him into a volume night. He didn't really do an insane amount of damage outside of the second half of the first quarter when the Warriors went with the backup squad on him. Um, and it's secondarily... Um, they feel the same way about pretty much everyone, every other attacking guard too. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think it, you've heard it. They are, they are worried about Steven Adams and Paul George. They know what Russ can do, but they're not particularly concerned about it. If they play their a game, I have this theory about the warriors. Um, there, there are two types of respect. They give respect to to, players who generally play good good to great against them. So that's like Russell Westbrook, Harden, Chris Paul. They're all great players, right? There's a different level of respect for players who can play great against the Warriors when they clearly turn it up and play their A game. And that is like that's like why they they look at Kyrie a different way cuz they can guard him as hard as they want and it doesn't affect what he does. That's why they look at LeBron a different way, you know? That's why they, they get worried about a guy like Steven Adams, who's clearly not as good as any of those players, but does certain things that they don't have a, an answer for, even if they try their hardest. How worried um, are you? Because I know I think you're a little bit more worried than me uh, about the opponents, but Rockets, Thunder, Celtics, how worried at this point? Does this change how you feel, view the rest of the season? Not really, but I do think the Thunder specifically uh, present. They're they're great at the things the Warriors are sloppiest at. 
Like they're great on the offensive glass. And Steven Adams is kind of one of those things where I feel like in person, it stands out even more so than on TV. Like how many times did they put three bodies on him on the glass? Like he is just, he is massive, right? Like he, Draymond generally can kind of like bully his way around some bigger centers and, you know, kind of like tip the ball out. And he couldn't really do that with him as much as he'd like to. Right. Um, and then uh, Paul George, I mean, he he might be the best wing at navigating screens. Like he was, he just ate up everything the Warriors were trying to do off ball. And was this the second game? He's had like five steals plus against the Warriors. Like he, so the Thunder are amazing at forcing turnovers, and we know how sloppy the Warriors are passing. So from that standpoint, they do do specific things that target what the Warriors are most vulnerable in. So I do think they're kind of a tricky matchup in that sense. I always draw back on just a couple of things in terms of overall. It's a seven. So number one, it's a seven game series, right? It's in order for these things to manifest themselves, they have to become a trend across that seven game series. And most times the NBA the better team wins, right? And it becomes a point of why it's just the Warriors have more talent all the way up and down the roster because the Thunder don't have a bench either. So it's like they essentially have to outscore the Warriors. They have to outplay the starters in order to have a chance. So that's number. So it brings the number two essentially is that you need Paul George to become Kevin Durant and you need Kevin Durant to become like someone like Paul George or maybe weaker. Right for the Thunder to have a but, chance. But see, I disagree. And, I disagree with that in the sense of I, KD was fine last night offensively. He was he, he scored efficiently. He did everything he wanted to. You're not going to get that offensive night from Paul George every night. I'll give you that. But he's absolutely capable of being that force defensively. I don't. I, I, okay, but I don't. I'm not that. That's that's what I mean though. The offense, like they need that. Like those step back threes, get to the hole, like. If it's a real series, you have Andre Iguodala guarding him. In a real series, you have Draymond Green playing more, right, and playing the five, right? So my thing is just so much of this is more that the Thunder are giving this their absolute 100%, and the Warriors are just out here just dicking around playing McCall and Looney, and how much can you actually draw from that statistic-wise, number-wise? I don't think you can draw anything. It's just it doesn't make sense because of the way that these guys are playing and the way that Kerr has now played these rotations and things like that. And listen, if Kerr plays Looney right like this in a game five, in a deciding game five, and he throws out McCall and Looney, a by all means, right, roast the guy, right? It's his fault. But I find it hard to believe that he's going to do that um, when the games start to matter. And I and I feel like um, these guys are playing pretty much as as well as they could. I mean, I think Robertson being out is kind of good because Robertson being in, even if he guards someone like a Draymond or something, like he's not going to do anything. These guys aren't going to score anyway. I mean, I guess you could put him on Steph, whatever. But they, if Russ is locked in, he's fine. I mean, I guess he could guard. He was good on him yesterday, right? Yeah. So, so it's like, how much more defense do you need? You still need offense against this team. So, um, I think. Well, you know, this Robertson, is where I come back to. It's, it's 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 basically if you think the Warriors can curb the turnovers, I think they can. They're not going to turn over 25 times, four times in a series. But if you can force a ton of turnovers, it's less of it. Like, they, the Thunder got a lot of offense off of those turnovers. 
and 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 that's that's a that's a real thing too like you know the warriors can stop russ in the half court if they are engaged defensively if draymond's playing his top game and kind of blowing up pick and rolls but if if russ is getting the ball off a steal no one's stopping him you know bursting to the rim on a fast break right and, and stuff like that so that's 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 where the thunder are a problem for the warriors in the sense of if they can force those turnovers and they can kill it on the glass. I think they had 16 more shots than the Warriors last night. That is the recipe for beating the Warriors. So my thing is, why are those turnovers happening? I mean, outside of, hey, Steph and Katie are going to turn the ball over. But to me, they're happening is because you watch the first half there. You see David West or you see Looney get the ball down. He tries to pass it to Draymond. Draymond's scared of the ball down low. He doesn't want to finish it. He passed to Iguodala. And you pass the ball three to four times within that three feet little you know radius. You're going to turn the ball over. So it's a matter of like Kerr's forced to, not forced to, but in the regular season, he's playing guys he normally wouldn't in those minutes it's gonna cause turnover so it's like um it's both ways it's like the players turn it over a lot but at the same time curse putting players in situations where they're gonna turn the ball over because they can't freaking score or don't want to score right so i mean if, look if that doesn't change itself then we've got a problem right but i think at a certain point you would think you would like to think that draymond's gonna shoot a little bit better that Iguodala's gonna shoot a little bit better he's shown up he's he's been better in the postseason so you would think with that being happening it's going to make it a lot easier um but like i mean to me it's just more of the context of where these guys are playing and what they're trying to do and what they can't do is causing all the things that we're all worried about like turnovers and defense i mean if you're not not gonna play guys that can play defense not gonna play defense right you can't play if you're gonna play guys that can't score they're gonna turn the ball over um is really what's happening so um the other thing is man i'm i'm sick and tired of watching Omri Caspi. Uh, I'm also sick and tired of watching Nick Young. <laughs> I'm all for just playing McCaw as just, just let him ride. He's going back to the G league, but just let him ride. I, I would say, just let him play. Same with the Godala. I would say, just let him play at a certain point. Cause my God, like Nick Young, he gets on, he gets blown by Omri Caspi still doesn't want to shoot. And he's driving into four different people. Like, Ooh, like those are the guys I'm worried about. Cause they're actually terrible. Yeah, the bench is, it's not as thin as everyone's making out to seem, but it's not as deep as Kerr wants it to be in the sense of Kerr's playing the Warriors bench like it's the Spurs bench, but the Spurs roster doesn't have the high-end talent the Warriors do. They're, They're more of a deep, like, you know, kind of guy three through 10 are all the same level. Whereas the Warriors, like, they have their core four, they have a couple really reliable vets, and then they have a bunch of really situational players. So I do think a lot of that goes away when you get into a playoff rotation and you should have at least two of your core four on the floor at all times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's easier for Omri to play when he's playing next to Steph and Clay or something. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'm, I mean, it is, it is what it is in the sense of when you're paying – top dollar for high end um high end talent your your uh rotation and role player guys are going to be kind of bargain bin guys so you're kind of like caspi can do one to two things well and if you have him just do those one to two things well in the right lineup it's useful but if you're putting him out there with livingston and swaggy p and javale like it's gonna look terrible and that's what I'm seeing a lot of. 
And I think a lot of that's honestly Kerr just trying to shake it up to get guys to try harder. He knows he knows certain lineups aren't going to work well. I think it's just him trying to like force guys to put more effort in. Yeah, you think that um, you hear anything about the Warriors wanting to trade for anyone um, at this point? And would you first round pick McCall? I think I've I would not I give up a pick unless I got unless I got. Um, let, let, let me put it this way. If I could get mm-hmm. someone like Avery Bradley with next year guaranteed, then I would be okay giving up a pick because then, you know, you're getting a guy for like a year and a half and you know, you probably won't keep him after that, but like it's worth you're, I wouldn't give up a pick for a three month rental for someone who's honestly not going to be that important. Come to playoffs. Like if this team if this team can't score enough because it lacks Tyreek Evans or Lou Williams, like what are we doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, my thing. That that's, that's, that's like the best point that you could possibly make. It's, it's if you can't score unless you have that guy, then were you even going to win the championship anyway? Like if you need Tyreek Evans to push you over the edge, like if that is what it takes, then you're not the overwhelming favorite that, everyone thinks you are right and if that's the case then you have i think the warriors have more issues than just getting tyreek evans right yeah if you think yeah like i mean if you think that you need to leverage your assets in the future and i think that that first round pick and i still think that mccall is a is a good player and an asset that could be very good in the future if you think that trading that for a rental is what puts you over the edge then you've got bigger problems than than patrick mccall and, this, <laughs> and, 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 and and yeah, and that's the truth. And, and, and this is something Warrior fans should consider. It's like this team's going to be capped out. It just is. Um, you have four of the 25 best players in the NBA or something like that. Like you're not going to be under the cap. So like they do need these picks to find a Jordan Bell, find guys like that who can like fill roles and kind of rejuvenate the team and provide energy and all that sort of otherwise you just become the LeBron Miami Heat who all of a sudden got like really old and yep. and you know all they could do was sign 34 and 36 year old vets to one you know one year minimums because they're so capped out so yeah I'm with you you don't give up you don't give up your pick unless you get unless it's someone who fills a serious need and need would be like I, I don't there's no trade out there where they could get a center better than Zaza for their first round pick. So it's, it's a non-starter right now, but like that or someone who has years on their contract. So at least, at least, you know, you're getting more than 30 games out of them. So is there one trade? Cause I have one in mind, but is there one trade that for a contender that would push them a lot closer, even over the edge uh, against the Warriors? Um, I, I could kind of go first if, if you don't have, if you're kind of going to think of something, I mean, um, I can't think of anything in terms of guys who report on the market. Like, I don't see DeAndre Jordan, Lou Will, or Tyreek pushing anyone over the top against the Warriors. Like, they, they could help teams get better, though. You see the Avery Bradley one to the Spurs? I do. I did. And that's definitely not pushing them over the top. <laughs> I think that's the one, though, because if there is one team I am most worried about, it isn't Houston. It's not OKC. Right. It's definitely not Boston. Um, it, it's it would be the Spurs for me. So I think that if they have um, Kawhi Leonard back healthy, Danny Green and Avery Bradley, if they can put that together. But they um, can't play those three together because they don't have a playmaker on the floor. This one, I, I don't see it because like, 
Kawhi's not a point forward. They're going to play those three together. They have to. That That's the point. Who's running the offense? I mean, they could run it to Aldridge and Kawhi. I, It'll be. I, no. Um, I mean, they, I, I, I see no reason, but they run it off as do Aldridge right now. I mean, Kawhi's I mean, that, still That fine. would be a all-time amazing one through three defensively, but no. Um, hey, listen, they're the ones that I were up, they would they're really, the ones that were up that much in the first I quarter. I think they right? would struggle to dribble the ball past half court. That's what we said last year. That's what we said. Like that, the Spurs are that team. Like you think that they're going to be trash and they come out in a Western conference finals game, right. With a fully healthy team and they beat the crap out the Warriors, Against right. The Warriors who had an 11 day right. layoff and came right, out. Right, right. I know. I know. And the Warriors would have won that series. That, that's I know. But regardless, it happened, right? And you add someone that that like Avery Bradley that can play defense that's not forty years old like Tony Parker or Mono Ginobili, hey, right? DeJounte, that can give, my boy Dejounte Murray's legit. Put, look, put him in. Put Dejounte Dejounte Murray and Bradley, right? And then you got Danny Green, Kawhi at the floor with Aldridge, like. It, that can cause look. You I'm, get, I'm, no. I know, and I'm just, I'm just saying, like they won't be able to score. I understand, but that's a team because I always, I always value the way that Pop is going to outcoach Kerr. Like to me, yes. that's something that is a obvious thing that is not against any other coach, right? I think Kerr is fine, if not a lot better than every other coach, but against Pop, he's going to get run over, and I think that's one of the things where the the Spurs can steal a game, uh, maybe two. And if you dick around and get to six or seven, then we got some problems. I, and again, I don't think they'll—I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll even come close. I think it'll be five games. But you know, I think that's a team that um, it'll be fun. It, it'll be a lot more fun because I, I think I, you to me, you kind of know what happens against OKC, man. They've played them before. They have KD now, right? And they the other team has, still has the same guys. Russ and Adams—they didn't become amazingly better since two years ago and then Melo's a joke Adams did but um it's it's fine they had Sergi Baca right two years ago and he was great right so they lost him and they lost KD so it's like we know what's gonna happen in that series and then Houston uh, so I don't know that's a trade that's fun to me I I kinda it's it's interesting hipster hipster. (laughs) well we'll Uh, we'll move it we'll move it along we'll move it along so we're gonna we're gonna get into some mailbag questions so I'll, I'll start this off so first one's from uh, Vibish. Vibish uh, is one of my more favorite people in the mentions. Uh, always, always kind of having fun and worries. To her. He has he he knows how to have fun without like turning it into a soap opera. So <laughs> I like your style. But anyway, his question: Am I wrong that the only person that should scare the Warriors in the playoffs is Paul George? Guards Steph really well. Picks off a ton of passes, and most importantly, we've seen him go toe to toe with LeBron James in the playoffs. Um, I do know that the Warriors coaching staff thinks uh, highly of Paul George, and the Warriors players do. Now, whether the Warriors players think highly of him just because they like really like to party with him, I don't know. But um, <laughs> uh, he this this might be the best defensive season I've seen him have in, since before the leg injury. Like just in terms of consistency, he's been a monster. He's been a monster against the Warriors, and uh, I said it to you, but I think he is—he plays the Warriors' backcourt better than Kawhi Leonard does defensively. Even though Kawhi's a better defender than him, just like matchup-wise, he 
I think he moves off screens better. I think he's a little longer. I think I think he just he 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 causes a few more problems. Um, I, I don't know that you know the Warriors should be significantly worried about him, but he's he excels at things that they like. He def, how many passes has he deflected in the two games they play? He has an ability to get to balls that other players don't, and so from that perspective, yes, he's he's kind of a problem. Would you say yes? Then is that? Uh, I wouldn't he, say he's the only player that should be scared of. There's a lot okay. of great players, but he does do some certain things that make him a little more of a threat. I guess is what I'd say. Um, I think okay. the Warriors know how to handle pick and roll guards. Like they're going to score, but they kind of like alleviate them into, you know, kind of like they're cool with that. They're they're more worried about like the whole team going off or something like that. Um, okay. But I think Paul George can get the Warriors out of their rhythm on offense. Uh, he did last night. So yeah. um, I think in that sense, like guys who are, I don't want to say two-way players, but guys who are elite multi-positional defenders kind of throw a bigger wrench into the Warriors. No, that, that's fair. No, that, that's, a, that's a good question. It's a good point. I'd say it's obviously still LeBron because he's LeBron. So, um, But yeah, George has a case for being second there. I don't know if he's better on defense against the Warriors than Kawhi, but um, obviously, man, we just need, I need a spur series against the Warriors. I'm, people, people don't want to see it, but I, I, I would love to see one. Anyway, I'm not saying he's better than Kawhi. Um, I think, against the Warriors. I think, he, um, that, right? I think he's at least this goes back to Indiana, but some of those Indiana teams are so bad that it kind of went like unnoticed that he'd take a guy out of a play and then they just score on the back end, you know? Um, but like, I think he, he's really good at guarding the Warriors backcourt off ball. Um, and that's, that's something not a lot of players are very good at. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next one is from, uh, my dude. I had to answer one from the Asian dude. You had to answer one from the, uh, yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> Derek Tahara. So he's Japanese, um, close enough to, uh, to Chinese, but, um, so how much more of a threat can OKC be to the Warriors than the Rockets due to their high pick and roll rate three and three offensive players who can create their own shot. Um, okay. So one, uh, they don't have three offensive players who can create their own shot. Well, um, they have two. They have Russ and they have Melo. I mean, sorry. Wow. They have Russ and they have wow. Paul George. <laughs> uh, Melo is a man. He's bad. Um, both sides. So the Warriors actually Honestly, lucky I think Melo him. I th- I, no, the Thunder are lucky he didn't play last night. Uh, yes, that's what I because meant. Because in, so, yes. in the first three minutes, he went ISO on Draymond and just got completely shut down. Like, they were bad shots. Yeah. And... Um, I think if he if he'd have stayed in there, they'd have probably kept feeding him those situations, and the Warriors could have got back into the game just by that. Yeah. Okay. I I do have to answer the dude's question. So that obviously uh, I don't think so. That that's one. Right. I don't think they have three offensive players that can create the shot. So um, that kind of leads to the next part: how much more threat they can be because they do run high pick and roll. Um, I mean, the Rockets run a ton of high pick and roll. I think if you are worried about I don't think uh, anyone and, runs more high pick than yeah, the Rockets. The Rockets, yeah. So if, but if you're comparing the two offenses, I don't think it's close. You're way more worried about the Rockets. It, it, they just have shooters. They have a lot more shooters. Um, unless OKC, unless Alex Abrinas suddenly becomes a player that can play 20 plus minutes a game, right? They still have a bunch of zeros on the court, right? Jeremy Grant, right? Whoever else they want to play, Terrence Ferguson, whoever it may be, they don't have it. Like you said, they have offensive rebounding, so that 
you know, might be actually tougher to guard than three-point three-point shooting um, for the Warriors. But if we're talking about an offensive threat, it's the Rockets, and I don't think it's close because they have two guys that can ISO, um, and then they have Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, P.J. Tucker, a whole host of dudes that can shoot. Um, the other side of the court's a little different for the Rockets. The Rockets yeah, I was going to say, defend, I do yeah. think the Thunder are a bigger threat than the Rockets to the Warriors, but not for the reasons he's listing. I think they're a bigger threat because they're clearly um, it, it just – they're one of the few teams the Warriors will play that is more athletic, longer, and bigger than them. You know? Like everyone wants to think the Warriors are small because Draymond's small, but they're long in every position. Like Clay's a six seven shooting guard with length. KD's a seven foot small forward. You know, like you can just go down the line. The Warriors have a lot of wingspan, a lot of athleticism, but OKC has more of it, and it gives. You could see that the Warriors were caught off guard by it because they don't deal with that on a game in game out basis. Um, so I do think OKC from the defensive side and from the rebounding and the athleticism presents a little more of a challenge to the Warriors because they can kind of muck up the game in different ways. Um, but if if you're talking if it's just offensive, like obviously the Rockets. So usually when you say that, the one thing that I think about, the one thing that you can notice that the Warriors are suddenly, I wouldn't say shook, but they notice that, hey, their length is not as good as the other team's length, is when Sean Livingston goes to post up and he can't get a shot off. That's when you're like, okay, like because that's a hub uh, on their bench offense. And if he can't do that, all of a sudden it takes away that part of the offense that can break down the other team. And you kind of start to realize, like, look, the Warriors are long. But when the other team puts longer and more athletic defenders on these guys and they have just more athletes, then it's a problem. Um, I usually think of it that way, um, which is kind of a weird, again, hipster kind of thing to think about. But if Sean Livingston can't get a shot off, that's a problem um, because who the hell is going to score? I think think it it frustrates the Warriors more than Houston. Um, Houston can match firepower with the Warriors, but I don't think the Warriors ever go into a game with Houston and feel frustrated. Uh, because it's an up and down game, and because they just they they feel they can win an up and down down game if they engage enough defensively, um, I think OKC kind of blowing up some of their pet sets and um, you know making them work so hard to get rebounds and kind of winning the possession game frustrates the Warriors in kind of the same principle that Memphis used to before the. They were, you know, the juggernaut they were and stuff like that. So I, I, I do think OKC presents just a different challenge for them. All right, man, you hit the last one. All right. From Carson Newton, um, another person who is, is fun to interact with. Yep. Um, what happens to Clay, KD, and Draymond in the long run? Oh. Um, so friend of the pod... Tim Kawakami. I don't know if he's really a friend of the pod, but... Um, <laughs> a friend to minorities. <laughs> uh, did put out a piece today on like five things about the words of the trade deadline. And one of them was that they are going to look... They will look to shake up the roster in some way in the summer sooner than later. And it did mention the Clay and Draymond extensions and all that sort of stuff. And like we've heard the noise about Anthony Davis... I do think the Warriors kind of they're more likely to break this up one year too early than they are one year too late. I think 
at some point they're probably going to make some sort of ruthless play where they let Clay or Draymond go in some way to kind of just recalibrate the roster, just to, quite frankly, extend the window, but guys are less bored. You know, like, I think in two years, the cost of keeping this core four together will probably be higher than their actual production. So I I think, I don't know if it'll be this summer or next summer, but I do not... I do not envision a scenario where this core four is here for five more years. Five more years, no, but I do think that um, there's a lot of, I think it's going to be a little bit of a front office, I wouldn't say power struggle, but you're going to kind of realize who actually has the final say when that comes. Is it going to be Bob Myers? Because I think if it was up to Bob Myers, he wouldn't trade someone like Draymond uh, or Clay. But if it was up to Joe Lacob and he has the power, I think he would right? Uh, Steve Kerr, uh, maybe he could go either way. So I think you'll start to understand and and know, given what the Warriors do two, three years from now, who actually has final say. Because, you know, right now, um, I think people don't really know. Like, it could be Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr says he doesn't have any power, which is just straight up a lie. Um, But um, it's... We don't know, right, because everything's going so well. But a couple of years from now, maybe they lose one finals. Maybe they win just one more or two more out of three, right? Then when they have to come and make that decision, it's going to be interesting because I don't know who has the final power. Maybe because Lacob has done it where he relents and he lets these guys decide, right? But then at a certain point, does someone like Joe Lacob say, screw it, this is my team, right? I'm the one that brought us four titles, right? I get to decide if we should trade Draymond Green and Clay Thompson for Anthony Davis or for something else, right? So that'll be interesting because I don't know if Bob Myers is going to do it. And I don't know, maybe Bob Myers is See, not going to be the GM. I disagree with you on Bob. I think Bob would do it. I think I he think, loves Draymond, man. I don't I do, think I so. do too. I think he also sees in two years, Clay and Draymond are going to cost him over 50 mil a year combined, and Anthony Davis will cost him under 30. He might not be the GM is the other thing. He has said before he might retire. Right. So, or he might just step away um, right, from that I'm, position. Hmm. We'll see. Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, kind of a crazy thing, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's yeah, so, of, so from telling everyone to not freak out over two games to blowing how do up the we team get here? by the, <laughs> how do we get here? <laughs> um, I do think, I do think uh, you're not, you're not going to get the uh, fairy tale of like, Draymond, Clay, and Steph all being life career warriors and having like eighteen, like years. the Spurs, uh, but not even. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. guess like the Spurs, but um, I think the Warriors are. I mean, Steph is going to be the one who stays with the team the longest, or at least they're going to be most committed to keeping. Like Lakeup said, it the only two untouchables are Steph and KD. Um. So I, I don't know what iteration it takes. And quite frankly, I don't know if they could even get Anthony Davis. That's just clearly like the, you know, the biggest name and the, the one they would want. But at some point, they're going to have to consider reconfiguring it. But I think we both agree it's, it's probably not happening this summer. We're, we're talking 19 at the soonest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be two titles um, away. And then they'll be, we'll be talking about four and five and who cares? Eh, well, you know, who cares what happens by then? Um, you got anything else before I tell these guys to subscribe to Light Years Podcast? No, how about it? <laughs> so, yeah, you guys make sure if you like it or if you don't like it, I don't care. Just uh, go into the Apple Store, 
subscribe, rate five stars. If you guys, we, me and Sam both look at the comment section. So if you guys want, you can leave one there, leave a question. Um, we'll answer it um, anytime that we do see it. So as we always say, head to your local physical Apple store and actually just subscribe to all of them. So um, I think we're good, man. I think we're out of here. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Next week.